<laughs> I fucking told you guys. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> keep it rolling, keep it rolling. Episode 313 of 8 to the show. How's it going, bro? bro? This is new. Uh, they, they asked me if I'm consenting to be recorded. That's the first time. Happening. Yeah, consent? Zoom is, uh, is becoming woke. <laughs> Do you consent? <laughs> Interesting. 20, 2021 vibes, man. Yeah. I mean, is it's it going on your OnlyFans? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> is, this oh, right. Only is this for YouTube? <laughs> we gotta make we gotta make money somehow, you know. <laughs> What's but, happening with uh, shirts but... on this episode? <laughs> well, the most most international, most diverse, most educational entertainment podcast. We're back with the wise guys. Most clothes-free uh, podcast. Me, bro. <laughs> yes. Clothes three. I think it's opposite. I mean, it's a bit off topic. I mean, it's a bit off topic. I don't know what today's topic is anyway. But um, <laughs> now that I mentioned OnlyFans, it got me thinking. Like the other day, I was on Twitter. Well, a bunch of those celebrities, bro, like YouTubers, or, or Instagram, like models, they just like did a full switch. They don't give a fuck, man. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know if you guys know David Dobrik. You guys know yes, David, David Dobrik. Yeah. Here, so. Here. He has, uh, there's this uh, girl, she appears in his videos sometimes, Koreana Kopf. Okay, what's up? Yeah, she okay. made she made OnlyFans account. I saw her tweet yesterday, it was retweeted. It was like, oh, I don't care what you guys say, I made $165,000 off of one picture of my boobs. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> All right. Well, that's well, a that's... good conversation. Yeah, introduction to today's conversation. The high life or the zone life, pretty much. Um, <laughs> oh, of... that's a, okay. Yeah, great introduction. Because... Wait, wait, wait. Okay, so that's the topic. Can you def- can you describe it a bit? Like, yeah, what do you mean was, by the high life? I was literally going to get into it. A lot of people <laughs> All right. are really obsessed with money and the followers and success. And that's how people relate to success, right? The more money you have, the more followers you have equals success but bro, at the cost of That's what the highlight at the cost, at of, the cost what? of what at the cost of your own sanity and the cost of your own friendships bro, and relationships you know, like uh, oh, okay so that's what life. you meant by high life like so that's the high life and the zen life is the opposite where it's just like um you're not twitch streaming for eight hours a day instead you're just enjoying your life and your day-to-day mm. and not really being you have a meaningful job a meaningful contribution mm. to society Exactly, you're not contributing to young guys jacking their pops like this, like, you know, I don't know, man. To be honest, you think the I... difference between those two uh, sounds like one is making a lot of money. And... No, no, I meant more the mentality. Like, it's like the high life is basically people who just want are just looking for the money, and the zen life is where people who don't care about the money. Also, not necessarily. Like, take this podcast for an example, right? And Ali, Ali, generally cares about teaching people stuff. He wants to bring, you know, decentralized education to as many people as possible. That's bringing value to a ton of people. That cares right. about its community, but he also wants it to be successful. And he wants to benefit from it financially. And that's okay. 
And I don't think they have to be mutually exclusive. You can care about your community and you can, uh, but you know, I yeah, think, but what's, but, but what's your, but how much is first, enough? Is, what's your first intention? Like, Uh, you know, like actually spreading education. It can't be just one exclusive. Like you'll be motivated to do many yeah, things. Yeah, but there's one that overlaps with reasons. others. Isn't that probably? Doesn't that happen? Probably. Some days, some days you'll feel like you care more about the financials. Some days you feel like you care more about the product itself and bringing value to people. Okay. So never, they'll never let's be like that, entirely constant either. Let's say if you're financially stable and you don't, you don't need the, you don't need the extra money. Mm. You have a house, you have a roof of your house. Uh, sorry, mm. a roof over your head. You have <laughs> enough money to get by. Yeah. <laughs> sorry for the uh, yeah, mix up. Basically you're, you're, you're good for life. Mm. Yeah. What would your motivation be if you want to do this project? Do you want to get more money or do you want to, <laughs> just present a good product for everyone and just That's money I mean. just pure if there, money there's no variables yeah yeah, yeah basically uh, yeah. for you mean for a to the shore you mean like just in general in terms of no, what no, i would do like that like on based on the topic you know the high life and the the shoe smoke because you were saying and it was like it, it's it's a mixture of motivations mm. and i was saying um, if, there, if it was a you know fixed if experiment. i didn't need to worry about it financially what would i do with my life would i like be still focused on I think I would still care a lot about getting good at stuff. To be honest. Yeah. Okay. Getting good at stuff is different than making money. That's yeah. the thing. I agree. Getting but... good at stuff is like some is like you looking to uh, to uh, progress in life to actually right. see something that you can make maybe in the future like that can benefit like you can benefit from or like something you want to create. Mm. You you're basically a creator. Mm. And to do that, you need you need to work on your skills. You need to improve. So you're saying you want to get good at stuff does not mean that you want to make more money. It just means yeah. you want to you want to mm. progress. You want to evolve. Yeah. I, also, I also disagree with something you said earlier, Mary. You were like, every day depends on the vibe. Sometimes you care more about money. Sometimes you care more about the project at hand. Depends on the day. I like to think there. Maybe it should be more of a guiding philosophy and a guiding mentality. And, and this is how I should think every single day mm. in order to lead to something greater. More than mm. just a mixed match. Like a constant vision. As opposed to like a mixed match of just random philosophies and thoughts and ideas. Of course, it's good to have different ideas and thoughts. But if you want to have a great vision that adds to something great, you have to be consistent. Mm. Philosophy. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you want to run a successful project, you do have to maintain a constant vision. Yeah, I agree. But what I'm what I meant was, uh, if you if you're in a financial crisis, you're gonna want your project to make more money. If you're in a situation where you're not in a financial crisis, then it doesn't matter as much. So in that sense, it varies. Not in the sense of like every day I wake up in a different mood. <laughs> Right. That becomes uh, that becomes a survival depends. instinct more. It's a situational thing. If yeah, suppose sure, yeah. suppose you're deprived from social interaction, suppose you're deprived uh, deprived from like some kind of affection or some kind of sense of community, you might try to fulfill that in your career too. That might be something. Right. It depends yeah, on. People, yeah. But for example, the people who would, who yeah. would be in like a 
okay for someone who's like in a shitty financial situation that does mm-hmm. want to profit from his product or whatever he's creating mm-hmm. it might it, it's not going to be his only motivation if he actually cares about it you know it's not necessary but that's, that's not yeah that's, that's what i'm saying you know it won't be the only motivation i'm saying the pri- you were asking for an exclusive primary motivation i told you that the primary motivation is going to be situation it's going to vary from situation to situation because if you're interested in it financially you're going to approach the project in a different way you're going to do a lot more marketing you're going to do a lot more sales you're going to do a lot more at promoting if you're interested for it in terms of bringing value to your consumer you're going to do a lot more innovation you're going to focus more on content delivery you're going to think more about how this content is going to benefit your end user and you're going to put all your energy into that if you're thinking about it in terms of community okay. then you're going to think about which communities you want to bring on the most which ones you want to be part of which ones you want to I be. think what we were trying to talk about is more the intention than your you know what kind of decisions you want to make and what and what's your true motivation yeah, behind the project from I my perspective it's like the intention there's no such thing as a clear cut intention so i agree that, that you need some kind of vision uh, that uh that kind of like is the meta vision of of, of everything else so uh, there needs to be something at the top that kind of overlaps under everything else but i don't think that one is can be either money or altruism it's probably a combination of both i think the vision itself comes from the from the innovator of whatever the product is they'll have a very like specific um that's why it's called a vision they have a very specific image of what it is and that image will like transform as you move along but it won't transform enough for you to call it a different project but as the project grows and as you learn that meta vision will will, uh, will be fulfilled but when you see the meta vision it won't be like ah uh, i'm doing it 99% for for the benefit of other people like, uh, i kind of disagree on that point like i understand yeah definitely it, it can be a mixture for sure it's and mm-hmm. like because like we mentally everything is basically is a spectrum of of like emotions and like thought process it's it's not a very it's not binary we're not computers in the end but i do feel like we we can lean to one more than the other we're so simplistic like, mm-hmm. and uh, it's like the higher law of hierarchy our minds just can only pay attention to very few amount of things at the, at the same time exactly mm-hmm. so yeah like, so go on about that Ali, actually so what do you yeah <clears throat> um i know man it's some cuz cuz i still need to try to find the more of that balance in my life because um every time i'm just like relaxing at the beach or something i'm thinking to myself i just want to be like creating things and um working or i feel like this is time being you know wasted maybe but then mm. when i am working and stuff it's just like why am i doing this to myself <laughs> I can I just want to relax and enjoy the moments to do the things I love the most like hanging out with people and enjoying the company of like my loved ones. Um so yeah, this is a uh, the high life because I do hang out with people who are really successful and I see like what that does to them because they become too obsessed with money and reputation and um status checking and whatever <laughs> flexing. Um No man, yeah, people eventually <laughs> like uh... yeah. I don't want to be 80, like that. You work 80 hours a week. You work yeah. 80 hours a week for 40 years. You've blown all your relationships out of the water. Like, 
you're eventually alone and even a lot of those people like aren't don't aren't married and like by the way about the previous topic we were discussing jeff bezos operated amazon for 15 years at a loss at a financial loss the guy about the survival instincts i mentioned was literally just he needed money so much like he, he kissed so many people's asses oh no well, i think but that's now, a misunderstanding of amazon bro financially to No, Saudi's internet is also shit. You like, sometimes like, is it me? Is it him? Who is yeah, it? That because we all weren't moving or saying anything. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, so, I wasn't sure. He was, he was about to expose Jeff Bezos, man. <laughs> literally, literally, as we're about to expose Jeff Bezos. Um, like, no, got it. <laughs> Ali, you don't pronounce your lit, your literally very well. Like, you don't, literally you don't pronounce it very well you don't pronounce the the middle of it yes it's called an american is that, accent is that, is that yeah the american <laughs> literally literally L- literally wow. literally what are your thoughts on jeff bezos yeah uh, i was just gonna say and no jeff bezos ran business ran at a financial loss because he's upscaling and he was upscaling massively and he was pouring a ton of money into research and development he wasn't losing because he didn't know what he was doing or because he was making mistakes because he, he he couldn't make his business make money he just did not care about the business operating at a profit yet same with the uh, tesla same with the um spacex they they ran at loss at many years uh, when they were upscaling because that's what you do when you're spending all your money into research and development you will run at the loss i mean isn't Tesla... the show is running at the loss <laughs> it is upscaling <laughs> isn't, isn't tesla okay. running actually not a very successful company the only reason it's making money is because it's very subsidized i i don't know about that i don't know about that either i don't, I don't know, know where you heard that <laughs> what Tesla is one of the most uh, successful electric car companies. It's definitely overvalued in terms of. No, because like because like it's known that uh, Elon Musk is very is highly supported by the government. He's sub all of his uh, oh he's subsidized. Yeah, they're very subsidized. Right. Yeah, they're supported a lot by the government and his main source of income is the government. His main source of income is the mm-hmm. government, but that's because he's doing electric cars. So, that's so, so the taxes you pay, Ali. Yes. Go to Elon Musk. They go They're to Elon Musk. Yeah. yeah also, he didn't even create. He didn't even. <laughs> he didn't even create uh, Tesla. It was uh, two other guys, and then he bought it from them or something like that. Mm-hmm. I forgot what, what what exactly did he do to get the the company from them. So I don't know either. To be honest, is he a, Ali, is he to go sham? back to your. Eh? Is he what? Is Elon Musk a sham? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Topic for another day, I suppose. <laughs> no, because like this, this goes to it. Basically, is he the Zen life or is he the the high life? Did he just? He's definitely the high life. Make profit. I don't think there's any debate. It's definitely not a Zen master. Well, guy making flamethrowers. <laughs> yeah, like this. <laughs> maybe he is. Maybe I know nothing about Zen too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> ah, all right um, so, so I, what do you think just, about jeff bezos <laughs> you yeah. were saying you know you're you're at the beach you know you're enjoying the beach but at the same yeah, time true. you get those thoughts that like yeah you get that stress about you know what should i do should i be like doing this or should i be focusing on work like my friends 
alternatively like oh my friends they seem to be stressing out shouldn't i just be relaxing more and that's what i mean by the meta vision of everything kind of falls under it the meta vision for me like perhaps would be to lead a life that's uh, well definitely has a ton of peace and quiet and enjoyable to a certain degree and kind of beneficial to a certain degree too and when when you kind of like think of that meta vision in your in your project whether it's a to the shore or something else then you will when you're designing your project you're going to do it in such a way that it falls under that and so sometimes it might be that well you need to invest more time on building it financially but then other times it might be like i need to spend more time getting that peace and quiet because it is under that category of you trying to live a holistic life not just trying to be successful because that's too one-dimensional i mean at least for me i find that it is too one-dimensional i feel if i'm too driven at one thing um i'm not trying to bring some peace and quiet especially peace and quiet like into my life i find that one to be extremely important if i don't have some time in the day where i can genuinely sit down and not have to worry about what i need to do next or what i should have done uh, then i start to feel like things are becoming overwhelming and that's what i mean there needs to be with the high life zen life you know you you sent me recently you read the way of zen by alan watts and it's an excellent yes. book and, and it does show you it does tell you yeah, I, mean, i haven't read it in a long time but if i'm not mistaken it highlights a lot about the ideas of once you understand zen you come back into society you don't go out of society you don't stay out once you understand what zen is about you come back yeah so once you understand what zen life is like it's just to show you that there's another dimension of life where you can be a little bit more relaxed and enjoy things a little a lot more and you don't have to stress so much about achieving the goal maybe you play the slow turtle race and get the goal anyway but so maybe you want and it's okay that if once you become once you reach the life of zen that you return to society does that is it saying that you were not originally in society yeah so supposedly like if you want to be a zen monk you have to kind of let things behind you right and so you go to a monastery you shave your head you you wait outside and they don't let you in as well they, they keep trying to tell you to go away and you have to be a little bit stubborn you have to be convinced that this master has something to show you and well obviously you being convinced that this master has something to, to show you uh, proves nothing more than that you're convinced of your own like biases that's that's really what it does and so you're really like stubborn in your own way and this proves it and so eventually they go like okay this guy's stubborn enough So let him in, and then when they let him in, um, there's a lot of like, with Zen it's very playful. So they do a lot of like uh, proof by contradiction. They make you do things that don't work, so you realize it doesn't work, and they make you things do things that work, and so you realize what works and what doesn't through this like weird training process. So, for example, they'll they'll tell you you know to just sit and to pay incredible attention at one thing, and then. they'll fail at that like all the time and then they'll smack them on the head while they're doing it with sticks uh and that's funny to see but also like you know the, the student keeps getting hit every single time he goes he will get hit and he thinks he's doing something wrong and that's a whole like different philosophy to go into but i, I don't want to complicate it too much but 
And then there's also the fact that, oh, they go like when they have to clean, they, they, they have to pay attention, right? They do something called Samu. Or when they're painting, they do something called Hitsu Zendo, which is also like mindful painting. So those are all things that they need to do in Zen uh, that make them aware of what they're doing and they make them a little bit relaxed. So the guy that's cleaning, he does what all of us have to do, clean. But he seems to be in a trance while he's doing it. He seems to be a bit more calm. He seems to be a bit uh, less worried about what comes next. Why is he in that state? That's the curious thing. Curious thing isn't that he's in that state. Obviously, it's not because he's at the monastery or because he's cleaning. We all do those things sometimes. So that's the thing. And you clean from monasteries in your free time. <laughs> <laughs> what I mean is you clean your holy place, you clean your room, you clean whatever. Uh, but Sounds a bit like Jordan Peterson's concept of uh, make your bed. Yeah, I mean, his is more intense, definitely. Why is that guy staying in way more playful big, than, it's such than a big Jordan theory. Peterson? Hmm? Uh, Why is Jordan was, Peterson's... Uh... Yeah, and I, I was getting to that. Well, And then, so when Zen, the meta idea is um, be relaxed, you know? Sometimes it rains, sometimes it's sunny, sometimes it's cold, sometimes it's warm. Be relaxed. You can't do much about that. Do what you have to do anyway, right? And try and enjoy it if you can. That's about it. That's the method thing. There's, there's, with, doesn't try to complicate it, you know? Uh, and then obviously other things fall under that branch, but if, if that's the main thing in you, then it's, it's a lot lighter. You feel a lot lighter. But nothing happened. There's no inner transformation that happens like instantly. You don't recognize an idea and oh, oh, this is what Zen is about. Okay, tomorrow you wake up, you're fucking relaxed as shit. No, <laughs> realistically yeah, I know. speaking, like, your entire instinct is gonna kick in. Yeah, it's happened to me sometimes. Like, so now living living in Lebanon in itself is very irritating. You know, it's not especially with, with what's <laughs> going on. So it's it's really hard to find those moments of like just trying to be zen you know and uh bro can i right comment right? on that actually you know sitting down in a time in canada you're like black saving out the window so quiet big green fields you look out the window in, in lebanon man in the taxi <laughs> like yeah when i was just driving back home and i was like crossing uh, crossing a traffic light which isn't working by the way uh this this guy so it's two, it's two lanes that are coming this way and then there's me coming from this from this side so the first car stops there's the car that's coming from beside him is just speeding is and he sees me you know i'm like already halfway through the the intersection and he just speeds in front of me i i could have easily crashed into i'm like like obviously i, I cursed at the moment and but then i'm like <laughs> after it, like road rage <laughs> i'm like I, I was analyzing the whole scenario, you know, just like, uh, I know this guy, if I didn't stop, you know, I could have crashed, uh, I could have crashed into him and whatever and everything like that. But then later on, you, like now, for example, I think about it. I'm like, but I did stop. I'm like, I can't really do anything else. You know, it's like I did stop. I was mm. the responsible one to not get into an accident. Cause like, you know, sometimes you'd be like, no, I didn't want to stop. I want to keep, I want to keep stepping on the gas pedal and he has to stop for me. But no, it gets to be an ego thing. Doesn't yeah. have to be like, yeah, like you have to, you know, you have to clash. It's like, like you have to stop for me. You have to listen to me or some shit like that. Just relax, man. It why reminds me of why a story. Why does everyone have to yeah. prove? Why does everyone have to prove group. themselves and be so loud and like you know, 
just like yeah. be heard just like listen instead of being heard and because like the other yeah, day as well uh, like, it's a bit of a cock fest on the road sometimes <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah you could say so but that was just an example because like for example another example would be like someone getting pissed off and then i'm and then i get irritated by that like there's why? a nice quote i like by okay, mark twain it says uh, don't try to teach the pig how to dance it annoys the uh, um it angers you and it upsets the pig or something like that way i'll i'll find it it's really funny. yeah like on that point uh, i don't know how i'm going on that point but like <laughs> something something that i wanted to say much? like it's like you know when people okay when people ah. are ranting to you and instead of there listening to them you want to teach them how to like how to solve their problem or anything it's like no fuck it just l- listen to them and they'll solve their own problems you don't have to solve shit for them Okay, I'm guessing that code. has to do with the pig thing. I don't know how like that connected in my head. Um, I'm just imagining someone trying to make teach a pig dance. <laughs> <laughs> don't try to teach a pig to dance. It frustrates you and annoys the pig. I believe it's Mark Twain, but I'm not too sure. Oh, huh? Yeah. <laughs> but also, I feel like in that situation, side, you don't want to be a pushover. Also, all the time, I, I hate being stepped on. Like. Like you're like, yeah, just be quiet and calm and just go about your life. And I think that's a cool thing. But sometimes, you just listen, listen. But sometimes you have to stand up for yourself and talk. And mm, yeah, loud. and you got. I don't know when where that line happens, but it, I think there's a. I I, um, I wouldn't know, but, ideally, but I would say that there's some people out there that have powerful uh, presence. You know, so suppose you look at. You guys know Sadhguru? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I love the way he you... talks, man. He he's full body jackets. Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yes or no? <laughs> so, right? uh, but suppose you you're listening to Sadhguru and he's in the debate debate, right? There's a way to be. You'll notice this. Uh, he has been on some debates as well. Obviously, not too intensely because I don't think he cares that much about being in a debate. But uh, if you do watch him, there's a way to like get your point across with power. With uh, you know, you can be assertive, but you don't have to be loud and irrational and uh, angry <laughs> to get it across. I think that's where the line is drawn. It's like yeah, bro, uh, Sadhguru yeah. is the loudest and quietest voice in the room at the same time. It's it's, it's really nice to see. Yeah. Yeah. That's because he's just, he has a powerful presence, you know? I don't know how you necessarily cultivate that. I'm not going to act like an expert there, but uh, there's definitely a line that can be drawn somewhere. And maybe that line is not something that's also clearly defined right now for you as a person, but, it, you know, you move towards it. They've cleaned this room for 50 years consecutively every day, man. That's what happens when <laughs> you reach that, man. I think and I think it has to do with like with intimidation. Like when you show that you're not intimidated by the person you're talking to, that you don't. Or maybe it's just you like realize his, uh, the situation doesn't wait, require. Wait, 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 wait. Let me just continue with this point. Um, just could be, yeah, could be. Not, not being not being intimidated by the person that you're talking to, and just making your presence felt in a sense that he has to listen to you at some point. That in itself, obviously, it takes practice. You're not gonna know from the beginnings like how to make this person listen to you but i have noticed for example amongst my friends that sometimes like when they for example when they want to interrupt me or anything that i will find a way to make myself heard 
um, or anyone who, who's basically being loud or annoying or obnoxious, either I remove myself from that position because I don't have to be with them, or if I do care enough, I will find a way to, you know, make myself heard and not let them speak over me. If they're gonna, even if the, if that person is a close friend or whatever, and they're gonna speak over me, I can easily just make myself not care that much about what they are saying because if they're just gonna ignore what I'm gonna say and just gonna keep talking over me and like shutting me up, I'm just gonna be like, okay, so this guy doesn't want to hear my opinion. I don't, I don't have to listen to theirs, like, because like respect is not, is not just given to willing like freely to anyone. You have to earn it, and to earn it, especially in a conversation. It has to be shared equally, because you're not. It's not a one-way conversation. It's it has to be. I mean, it has to go both ways. Devalue what you're saying. If if you continue to say what you're saying and there's people not listening, then you're you're saying what you're kind of telling people that what you're saying isn't worth listening to. So, wait, I don't understand. What do you mean? You you place a you place the value in what you're saying. So if I'm having a conversation with you and you seem to reject everything I say or you don't want to listen to it, and I keep on speaking, then I'm agreeing with you on that sense. I'm telling you, yeah, what what I'm saying exactly. doesn't have to be heard. It's not important enough to be heard or taken seriously. But once you stop talking, um, it's much more powerful because well, you retain the value of what you were saying and you redirect exactly. it to someone that's willing to listen. It's like it's like demand and supply somehow. Like that's how I connected it to to economics yeah. for some reason. It's like you know, less supply, there's more demand. And uh, if you're if you're keeping your, it also helps. Also, like if you're not constantly talking, it also helps with your formation of a proper sentence or something that that is worth saying. Because if you're just constantly rambling and saying random stuff. Uh, Eventually, your point is just either going to be repeated or it's not going to make sense. Uh, but if you take your time with it and you actually take the time to say, to use the proper words and present the proper... Yes, articulation and coherence. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's just like waiting yes, to say these words. <laughs> it's like... A, it's like, it's like... SAT, right? <laughs> exactly. This is, right? A, this, is, this is how Sharif sees his value, you know? Using those SAT words. <laughs> Choose the two words yeah. that best describe yeah, this passage. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, and so I want to know what you guys think about um, commenting off what Said said about um, if you want to, if you really do want to do good for the world, you kind of do need to live a little bit of a high life because we're great. Um, I mean, that's how we you, define the like, high life. These, All right. Yeah, that's. <laughs> Wealth, um, followers, um, I guess, dominance of the hierarchy ladder, I guess, is the most... Cloud. Cloud, you can choose to be part of it, right? Or you can choose not to be part of it. Um, um, if you choose to be part of it, um, you're kind of falling into the, the game of the system. But also, it allows you to take on personal responsibility, and carry things greater than yourselves for a greater cause. But I feel like if you are um, very zen and fast from things, you're not gonna have, like, um, even your relationships become less uh, secure because you have no attachment. So, um, I don't know what, what well, the way- I don't know if attachment brings any security. Right oh, 
you think uh, Wait, can, can you repeat the attachment uh, point uh, i kind of lost track hmm. well do you want to get uh do you do you want to be attached to people and causes and things or do you want to not be attached to all these things and just be a free being agent um i think you can choose to which things to be atta- attached to man You're, it doesn't have to be all or nothing hmm. all right but i mean you know that i uh, yeah okay so like obviously the majority of people do feel like they want to attach to something because they want to belong that's that's normal this is uh it's uh, i feel like it's an, an instinct instinctual kind of uh, uh, mo- uh decision to make you know so they don't because no one feel likes to be alone in a sense but then you have that small group of people who don't who are independent and they i don't know if they're okay with being alone loneliness are the same thing though. when i mean but i don't know i for me this is how i see it and to be honest it does you make, can be attached to things other reason. than people no no yeah exactly that's what i meant like i didn't mean like people i meant as a cause or mm. or a specific group or maybe like you know it can be i think side means define it as something tribalism no, mm. no, yeah exactly not necessarily something bigger than yourself just something to belong to or someone to belong mm. to it's like so you don't do everything by yourself because people feel when they're alone they, and for yourself yeah not necessarily for yourself because some people take on to a cause and then they just you know willingly give everything to the cause and not care about themselves that much that's a that's a different point but uh, what i'm what i'm saying is like people this is also i feel like it's evolutionary like we just evolved into survival together like we kind of need each other to survive while there are some people who are outliers that they they can you know survive on their own but somehow you also see them what do you understand detachment as because i feel like i don't necessarily view detachment in the same way you do complete outcast yeah being complete outcast not really attaching yourself okay, to so. things in your community wait right? ali do you no, mean no. Do, do you mean outcast as in like he is he is forced to be detached or he is no he chooses uh, he voluntarily detached so you mean like he's yes. not integrated into society at all or do you mean because the way i understand detached is that it's someone that's um integrated into society uh but doesn't care about being part of it but he is integrated that's what i view as detached mm-hmm. uh If I feel like someone is an outcast of society, whether it's by choice or by option, uh, it feels more like ineptitude to me, rather than detachment. Um, ineptitude. Detachment, yeah, <laughs> like if we are, uh, yeah, yeah, right. uh, lack of ability to do so. So if I went to the jungle and started living like a caveman, for example, like people may need, like yeah, I would, I would do you think you'd survive? Would that be an aptitude? I mean, I could be really survive, and I could be fed and learn a lot and know a lot. But I, I would say, because in, in my, in my, uh, perhaps my like view is skewed or wrong even. But in my understanding, I would say, I would say so, yes, because uh, life happens right now. It's a movement, you know. Um, you don't need necessarily feel like you're more attached that way anyway. Things are changing. Things are evolving. There's new technologies, different things. Everything is constantly changing. If you're you're too stuck on one thing, you're attached. If you're too stuck in wanting to be in the jungle, you're attached. And but that doesn't mean you're detached. You may be detached from a few things, but you're still attached to a certain idea, to a certain like thing that you're hanging on to. And so that's why I think it's a bit 
inept because you should try and integrate into society well. You shouldn't necessarily detach, uh, I don't want to say detach, but you shouldn't necessarily, or rather unnecessarily reject society mm -hmm. just be, to be detached. To me, detachment is something like um, you don't necessarily care too much about the outcome of the game. You know, you call it a game anymore. So you don't necessarily call, care too much about the outcome of the game. You don't necessarily care too much about um, who's winning or who's losing. Uh, you you talked about followers, so maybe you don't care too much about that, but you you have some. Uh, you maybe even work towards it because it's a career thing, because it's something that brings you joy. But you don't care if you lose it because, well, you may have... Um, because you've cultivated something more important than that. Maybe it's your mindset, maybe it's your family, maybe it's something deeper than that. And if you've cultivated those, that thing that can bring you fulfillment despite all that, then you may be able to say, I'm detached. doesn't mean you have to reject society. But That's my understanding attached, of detached. Wouldn't you become attached to the thing that you cultivated? Well, the thing that you cultivated is something inner, perhaps, you know, something that's inside you, something that's um, not necessarily physical. Uh, something material. Yeah, maybe it's metaphysical. Yeah. Maybe okay. and to some people, that's the aspect of God, right? So they they, they put that thing in, in God and... and but you so can also have an attachment to that as well, even if it's in the, if it's metaphysical or spiritual or... There's certain ideas that come with it. Because like you're creating basically an, an entity in your head, not necessarily a God, but like you're creating some sort of image that you can get... That's if you try to, to localize it. Some people don't try to localize it. Have you heard of Advaita teachings? It's non-duality. They never try to localize it. They never try to localize the supreme being or the thing that they... You never have to... You don't have to create an image for it. It can just be an understanding of something that's beyond the material world. Mm -hmm. you know? Something that... What, like, can you give an example? Um... because i feel like somehow humans do Ooh. find a way to attach to something they will uh, even yeah, like but, even even in the the non-duality uh, uh, concept but, that you just mentioned no I, I i get what you mean They're, and they will but here's a here's a way to think about it um suppose you want to like stick something on your skin right if that thing is a bit like too sticky every time you take it off it's gonna hurt you Right, it's mm -hmm. gonna hurt you a bit more. But if somehow your skin has become like um, a bit more slippery, then it sticks and it goes off without hurting you. So that's kind of like the concept of detachment: is that you find something inside you that allows things to come on you and, and leave. They just bounce. Uh, they can stay. What is the thing stay. you need to find? They're cultivated. Well, <laughs> that's why you know it's difficult to pinpoint. But what I'm saying in, in religions, they might say, okay, it might be God. Right. And that's and God isn't something that it's not an idea. It's not an ideal even. Uh, it might be an ideal to some or might be an idea to others. But realistically, if you if you well, it depends on also what religion. That's why it gets more complicated. But suppose you take an atypical Abrahamic religion uh, or a typical other side. If you take a typical Abrahamic religion, then the concept of God is not something that you can define. They tell you that you can't define it, right? You can't imagine what he's like. Um, they assign some qualities to him, 
but the main idea is that you can't define it, right? So if they people kind of zone into that and say, well, can I find fulfillment from something that I can't define, something that's um, somewhat permanent in my experience of being? Is there anything that is permanent in your experience of being? Perhaps any, that's where you need to look. In Advaita teachings, they say, um, you are what recognizes that you can see, right? So this is that it's that pure awareness of what you the, of the fact that you are even aware, <laughs> right? Advaita teachings are a bit like esoteric; they're strange to many people, right? But the the point is, there's something in your experience that you recognize as permanent and has always been permanent. And and I'll give you. Mm-hmm. Because you wanted an example, I'll give you an example of how you recognize this. From the day you were born till this day, everything about you has changed. Your ideas have changed. Your appearance, has, um, your voice has changed. Uh, your ideas have changed. Your beliefs have changed. Your goals have changed. Uh, your physical ability, everything about you has changed. And yet, there's something in you that always recognizes that it's Sharif or it's Saeed or it's Ali. It never wakes up and looks at itself in the mirror and says, oh, this is a completely different person. It might feel a bit alien to it, but you recognize something in you that has been the constant throughout your entire life. Um, so I would say that's where... Yeah, identity I would, I would is continuity. Some... <laughs> that that's... is too weird. What do you mean by that? No, I'm saying identity is continuity. Like uh, it's your, the permanence of, of the foundations of your being from the day you're born. Like there's something, is, or at least by the time your perspective looks a bit like in childhood or adolescence, um, your identity by that point is there's some things just you're going to be stay with you for life. Um, a lot of things can change, but like you said, you, it's hard to see someday yourself in the mirror and go like, I don't know who this person is. There's always something in you that's like a part of who who you've always been and we always what, will be mostly. what do you what do you mean those what are the things that you think have been like consistent with you for forever I you've th- changed a lot everybody the years. yeah everyone does uh, um i'm saying like personality traits like temperament uh, you know uh, i don't know sensitivity conscientiousness uh introspectiveness um i don't know personality traits you know there's like the mm. big five in psychology like uh, those and even if that has changed, my question to you is, suppose you wake up one day and you're more introverted. Suppose you wake up one day and you're less conscientious or more conscientious or you're more agreeable or less agreeable, whatever it is, extreme of whatever you are right now, <laughs> extreme opposite of that. Would you feel like you're not Sharif anymore? It's hard to dispute that. Yeah, I would, I would feel like I'm not the same person I was Yeah. Then who is Sharif at that point? Or is... <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. That's the question to ask. But anyway, is, the, I, is, I it like bad, is it a bad thing that uh, we would change so much that we do not recognize ourselves anymore? Because, Or would we just accept ourselves? I feel like a lot of people would have a, an issue with it because like, then they would just get lost and not accept us. Like, like it's their, distressing their, to their have current... a dissolvedness of identity, actually. Yes, and it's basically an identity crisis, and people could, most people don't know how to handle it. Um, I feel like we should just find a way to be able to accept change, because no matter what, no matter what kind of change it is, whether it be in like your personality, your identity, or like I remember when I was a kid, I used to always have this issue with 
people who ha- who are, for example, I'll... their parents are like Lebanese and then they have a d- different nationality and then they claim that they're not Lebanese. And uh, when I was a kid, I would always say, yeah, like, no, it's <laughs> like, I'd always say, it's like, no, no, it's it's in the blood and whatever. Blah, blah, blah. Now I'm going like, it doesn't really matter anymore because you should just accept where, like, wherever you feel that you're comfortable and that, that this is the place that you would call your, your home. I guess that's basically your identity. That's where your, your nationality is or whatever you want to call it obviously because like fuck this idea fuck this title that is like your nationality you're from that country you can't leave this country and you're stuck with it and fuck that idea who drew yeah, these borders anyway i feel That's like some, na- nationalism uh, creates control. more problems <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like just open up this, like identity test it's like where do you feel comfortable on the border do you feel comfortable coming into our country? Do you enjoy what you see already? It's like and then like the borders, like a desert or like the trees. Yeah, do you see yourself as a part of us or not? <laughs> right. Any kind of division will create conflict. You know, nationalism is one of the biggest ways to divide people. Just... Yeah, because people want to belong, man. They just want to belong and they want to protect what they already have. It's like so. Nationalism is is a type of basically protecting your cause. Because you finally found a place that you can somehow adapt, like you can somehow live there and be accepted as as community-wise. And you want to protect that. You don't want to lose it. Because let's say you get invaded by another country. Where are you going to be? Where are you going to belong to? Who are you going to belong to? I mean, this, yes. this new country is now taking over and they're going to be basically imposing their culture and their language and whatnot onto your, yeah. onto your livelihood. So do you feel like you'd be comfortable with that can you accept that can you adapt to this new entity that's basically telling you that you have to you have to change your whole life to how we live are you able no, to man, i think tarzan uh, tarzan is a good example of how to do that <laughs> well or like pocahontas or something oh, uh, <laughs> what's that yeah let's say let's, let's disney, let's disney. <laughs> how tarzan a good example Oh my God! With your like movie the, examples, man. Yeah, bro, bro, I'm, I'm well versed in the arts, man. What can I say? Yeah, like Tarzan, for example. <laughs> like they taught him how to speak, how to hold the cup of tea. He fell in love with a British woman. Uh, yeah. He uh, learned how to speak English. He stopped doing this. He stands <laughs> like this. He, he he doesn't sit on chairs with his like feet and like squatting on chairs. He sits down. And what about the apes, Sharif? Like his legs are on the floor. What about the apes? Like they, they can't adapt. They, they they didn't find a way to adapt to become to live with among with the humans. Yeah, man. Humans you're you're talking about one. Feature. You're talking about one person, which is Tarzan. That question, what's one person of, of the whole community? <laughs> I don't understand no. what we're discussing here. No, no, because like he's taking he's taking the example of Tarzan. It's a very you know out of this uh, unorthodox example, but I'm sticking to it. You know. But so why he, why are you guys sticking to? It? I don't. No. Uh, he was, what's, he was what's, what's, being, what's being talking about the adaptability of uh, oh people God. accepting the change and <laughs> if there's another so for example uh, okay. Tarzan yeah so Tarzan basically the English came and like they started teaching him this new culture this new livelihood and he accepted it he adapted to it mm. 
But in re- but the thing is, like, what about the apes? Like, you can't teach monkeys how to dance. They, <laughs> no way. They didn't accept I don't it. remember them trying to do that, though. They didn't try to do that. What was the exactly? That's the thing. That's the thing, Sharif. <laughs> like, if you get invaded by another country, <laughs> orange, you're not gonna just eat accept orange, it. Me, orange, eat orange. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but Sharif, that, that's exactly the concept. Like, you won't just—he's <laughs> dying. He's like—he muted himself. <laughs> But yeah. but that's exactly the point, Sharif. If, for example, you here living in Canada, let's say, um, I don't know, any country just comes and invades Canada, and, like starts, let's say, uh, Iran takes over Canada. It's like, I'm not I'm not saying any. I'm not trying to. It's not. Yes. Say it. It's not gonna happen. Uh, if Iran takes over Canada and then starts forcing you to learn Farsi and then live by the same way that uh, they live in Iran and like have the same culture and everything, would you accept that? Like. Wholeheartedly, plus, no. Plus you probably fight against it. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, exactly. See, we that's gotta, why the apes fought back. We gotta uh, wrap okay. up yeah. on because time times are happening. Just up. to like connect yeah. that point back to what we were talking about about detachment. Yeah. I guess a simple way of understanding detachment would be to say that it's the ultimate adaptability to change. That would be detachment. It would be having the most flexible approach in terms of like accepting change whether it's good or bad like Said said you know the Iran example is a bit extreme but yeah <laughs> if a country were to take over and you have two choices death or adapt maybe adapt even in the extreme situations so I would suppose that's detachment and if you have to choose between the high life or the zen life then do both. Do both. Dead life. <laughs> do the thing. Find out what your met your meta vision for life should be. And leave it in mean? the comments. And leave it leave it in the comments <laughs> below. <laughs> Find out uh, on um, the next episode of Age of the Show what we're gonna talk about then. This has been a great episode of 18 the bro, show. You, bro, you look guys. like you're watching. Bro, you look, you, you, you look like you're reading the TV behind the camera. Like, that shows like the scrolling. Uh, <laughs> Thank uh, you for the watching 18 the show. The, the most diverse, most international um, educational entertainment podcast. Um, this has been another episode. Um, signing out with the wise guys. Uh, the high life, the sun life. What, what do you choose? Let us know. Goodbye. Woo.